We want to be a community church, a church that's involved in the community, partnering with other churches, partnering with other uh, good, awesome organizations that are just trying to make our community better and uh, safer and more uh, unified. And the church here at the bridge said, amen, amen, we want that. And the bridge is all about that. I love that scripture in Acts chapter 2, verses 41 through 47, where it says, that that early church had favor with the community. And that's what we want. Because we believe that you will get a chance to present Jesus if you first demonstrate Jesus. And that is part of our vision uh, here at the bridge. So um, let me just talk to you a little bit. Um, the offering this weekend, um, we just want to thank you for being here and not going, this would be a good weekend to stay home. Thank you all for being here today as we receive this offering fit for a king. I want to say to you, if you're visiting our church today, if you're a guest, you're from another church, I met some awesome people today from Florida that are part of a great church uh, down there called Hope. And uh, so I want to say to those of you who are visiting, maybe you're here just checking the church out. You're from our community, but you're just checking the church out. You know, you might be a person today who's saying, you know what? I've had it. I've had it. My life has just been just so negative, and I've had so many bad things happen, but I'm going to give God one more chance. I'm going to give God one more chance. I'm going to church today, and you're here today, and the Sunday you've come to give God one more chance is about a big offering, so you're like, oh, my word. Just what I thought church is, you know, always wanting money. I don't want you to give today unless, I mean, God tells you to, then you would. But I'm saying to you today, we don't expect you to give. Um, if you're here and you're just not really decided that the bridge is for you, you're checking out several churches in our community, then you just do whatever the Lord tells you. No pressure, no pressure there at all. This offering today is a challenge to our church family. Those who are owners, we call members owners because members have rights and owners have responsibility. So we're all about ownership here, owning the vision and owning the call uh, to do what God's called the bridge to do. So if you're an owner, the challenge is to you. Uh, it's to those of you who maybe aren't an owner yet, but you say, the bridge is my church. That's where I go to church. Then that challenge is to you as well. We'll talk about it a little bit more later. I do want to tell you, though, that on Thursday night, you guys know we have a Sunday morning on Thursday night service. You know about that at Goldsboro? So if you ever have to go away for the weekend, I mean, like, you know on a Saturday you're going to wake up at the beach. Um, we have a Sunday morning service on Thursday night, so you don't have to miss church just because you're going away for the weekend. So, time out. <laughs> so this past Thursday... Uh, we had our, our Goldsboro service. Uh, you know, we have, we have a campus in Goldsboro, 7 o'clock on Thursday night. I'm there preaching, preach the same sermon I'm preaching here this morning. Um, the fair started Thursday. Y'all knew about that? And there ain't a lot to do around here. So when the fair starts, that's pretty big around here. That's our, um, that's our Disneyland for one week. How are you, sir? That's good. Thank you. Um, so um, the fair started, and it was raining. So I looked out there on the night we are going to take the offering, and there were 64 people. 
Hey, 64 committed people. When it's raining and the fair started and you've worked all day and you're at church, you love Jesus. Those 64 people gave $10,000. Wow. That's amazing. That's amazing. And uh, so what y'all going to do, huh? What y'all going to do? Just asking. Just <laughs> That's pretty cool, though, isn't it? Man, that is pretty awesome. And we just thank the Lord for that. Next Sunday, there will not be one church with two locations. But beginning next Sunday morning, we are starting a campus in Mount Olive, North Carolina. One church, three locations, giving life by giving Christ. Those of you who are with us today, but you'll be at Mount Olive next Sunday, will you stand up and let us see you and give you a big hand? Will you just stand up? We're going to embarrass you. Come on, stand up. Give it up for these guys. They'll be in Mount Olive next week. Amen, amen. Thank you all so much. Thank you. <laughs> I was talking to some people before service. They went, well, this is our last Sunday here. And I went, what? They said, we'll be at Mount Olive next week. I said, oh, man, you freaked me out there for a minute. Our sermon series is called Blessed, and we've talked about what it means to be blessed as opposed to what it means to have a lot of money or a lot of stuff. It's not the same thing. Here's what blessed means. Blessed means that God has his hands on all your finances, all your resources, whether it's a lot or whether it's a little, he's got his hands on it. Do you understand, when you read that story about the little boy who gave his lunch, and then it turned into 12 basketfuls, he gave his little bag lunch, it turned into 12, you understand that when Jesus gets his hands on your little bit of resources, on your little bit of money, when you let God put his hands on it, and you let God distribute it and use it the way he wants to for his glory, you end up going home with a whole lot more than you had in the beginning. Amen? That's what it means, guys. That's what it means. Now, I've been, I've been really, really, matter of fact, my staff has been, buddy, wow. You know, there's just no way a person can go, well, I'm not giving because, you, you know, you're making it all about the bridge. No, nah, man, here's what I tell you. These principles that we've been doing in this series called Blessed are so true. If you don't feel good about giving here, give somewhere because I want you to be blessed. I want you to be blessed. If you feel better about giving to some other church or something, you give because these principles work. When that little boy handed his little bit to Jesus, it looked like he had lost it. It looked like he wasn't going to get any lunch. And he got 12 baskets. When you let God put his hands and it's hard, man. Listen, let me tell you guys. There is no topic in this church I talk about, no topic I preach on, no um, passage of Scripture I cover that gets more pushback than this. And that's how we are. That's how we are. You know, you can preach on adultery, and folks don't like that a lot sometimes. You preach on fornication, they don't like that a lot of times. You preach on gossip, they don't like that a lot of times. But boy, when you talk about money, you get the pushback. You get the pushback. And if you don't get words, you just get a 
feeling. You just get a feeling and push him back. Hey, that's how I am, man. That's how I am. Man, when you talk, Jesus said it. He said, where a man puts his money, that's where his what? Heart is. That's where his heart is. So, guys, I feel the same thing you do. I'm going to use a, a little um, story uh, from this book. <clears throat> it's called Decisions, and it's written by a young man who attends our church. His name is Sean Douglas, and this is basically his story, his testimony. And uh, the subtitle to this book is The Power to Overcome Self-Defeating Behaviors. I know nobody needs that, but I just think that's a good title. I, wanna, I just want to pull out a little story here uh, from this book and just read it to you. Let's see if I can find it. I know I got it marked here. Hold on, hold on. I thought I had it right here. Oh, here it is. His wife's name is Candy. He said, I told Candy that since she's going to church, he was like um, deployed and uh, he was having a conversation with Candy and, and they were talking, you know, doing Skype and that kind of stuff and Candy was expecting a baby and so I'm kind of leaving all that part, the details of that out, but that's kind of the setting. He, and she told him that she was going to this church called The Bridge. He said, so I told Candy that since she's going to church, she had better pray for my orders to be canceled. She kept telling me how I needed to go with her and pray myself. Good girl, Candy, bust him. I kept refusing until one day I couldn't take it anymore. That's how we work. And I attended a service kicking and screaming. I attended a service with full skepticism and closed-mindedness. I was thinking this is going to be boring. The preacher just tells you what you want to hear. He just wants you to give the church money. Listen to this. The first service I attended the bridge, what do you think they're talking about in the sermon? The pastor's preaching about how everyone needs to serve God by giving their tithe. I turned and looked at Candy and gasped and said, See, the church only wants money. I told you uh, that, was, that I was right. I'm leaving. I'll be in the car. Candy turned and pleaded with me to stay and hear the pastor out. I sat through the sermon, arms crossed, mad the rest of the time. Uh, after service, Candy begged me to keep going back, that it was going to be different each time. I was so closed off at this point. I didn't care what she said as long as she left me alone. I was pleasantly surprised a few Sundays later when Pastor Farrell preached on different subjects and, and I felt like they were relevant to my life. As I continued attending service, I felt more and more open to the pastor's message. Pretty soon, I would wake up excited to go to church. The more I went, the more I felt a transformation happening inside of me. God was working in my life um, the entire time. He was in me, stirring things around and tossing stuff out like it was spring cleaning. I didn't feel the weight of the world on my back anymore. I didn't feel the temptations to drink and be rude to my wife and kids. My self-defeating behavior seemed to dissipate little by little, Sunday after Sunday, and I felt calmer and more at ease. A breath of fresh air was breathed into my life, and I felt renewed and rejuvenated. Towards the end of 2014, our family never missed a Sunday service, and we started committing ourselves to Christ as a family. He says, as God was pouring into our family, we were all changing as well and we started pouring into each other 
We stopped bringing electronic devices to the dinner table, turned the TV off, we prayed before each meal, and we talked to each other at dinner about our day and the blessings we had in our life. It has been a wonderful experience of transformation. Ladies and gentlemen, that is what it's all about. It's all about life change. If lives are not being changed in a church, I don't care how beautiful the building is, I don't care how big the crowd is, I don't care how awesome the Sunday morning presentation from the stage is, if lives aren't being changed, if people aren't being brought to Jesus Christ and their lives are not being changed by the power of Jesus Christ, if that's not, then, then it's just a show. It's just a show. Everything we do here, and we don't always hit the mark, but we try. Everything we do is to get people to Jesus for life transformation. Life transformation. And you might, you might be here today, and, and you've never been to a church like this before, and, and you saw the, the video, and it was funny about the uh, volunteer celebration that's coming up, and, and you're going to hear some funny stories. You've already laughed a little bit today, and, and you might say, I've never seen that in church before. Let me tell you why we do that. First of all, God said there's a time to laugh. Amen? There's a time to laugh. Another reason is we want people who are checking God out we want them to come in, and we want them to feel, hey, man, these people aren't so weird. Now, they feel differently after I preach, but, you know, a lot of people just have a bad connotation, when it, a bad um, uh, feeling, about, a bad perspective when it comes to church, when it comes to finding Jesus, when it comes to changing your life, just like Sean Sean decided, man, religious people are mean, they're judgmental, they tell people what they want to hear, it's all about the money. And then the longer he was here, and the more he opened his life, he realized, man, this church is about Jesus. It's about Jesus Christ. It's about me getting connected to Jesus, not getting connected to Pastor Farrell, not finding out, hey, I like the sermons, they're not so boring, not going, man, I love the music, it's really good. Not the choir, and the choir, man. Can we give it up for the choir this morning? That'll wake you up on a Sunday morning right there. It's not about that. All of that's important, and all of that needs to be done with excellence and, and be done well. But, man, it's about presenting Jesus in different ways so that we might help you and your individual personality Make a connection to him. Just open your heart a little bit to him. You know that's what laughter does. You know a person can come into church with a heart like this. And if you can make them smile, if you can make them laugh, their heart just kind of opens up a little bit. And you can get the truth in there. That's why we got the Mickey Mouse gloves out in the parking lot. We want people to smile. We want people to smile when they drive up on our parking lot and just start opening that heart up so we can share Jesus Christ with you. Listen, Farrell Hardison can't change your life. The bridge can't change your life. Jesus changes your life. You know what the wonderful thing about our community is? We have a bunch of churches, different styles, different flavors, different ways of doing church. And man, every single one of them are so important, so important. 
We do it our way, but we're not against those who do it a different way. We've got to stop that criticism of each other, don't we? And let's link arms together and let's win our community for Jesus. Amen. So our hashtag for this series is blessed. And if you want the sermon notes, right there's the uh, email address you use. Let me just tell you, any information, maybe you're new, you want some more information about our church, that's a great place to send your questions. You can even send your comments and um, on our website, uh, bridgechurch.cc, you can go in there and evaluate our service. We have a, a form that you fill out and it doesn't include your name. You can do it anonymously, so you can get in there and really rip us if you want to. But just tell us, you know, what it you didn't like, what you did like, and we can't make everybody happy. But sometimes we miss things and we go, wow, you know, we thought we were getting that done. And it looks like that's a little weak area right there. So we're always evaluating ourselves, and your evaluation helps us. So anything you could see that would make our church better, um, then you can send it to the email or you can fill that little form out. <clears throat> um, I want to go back to some scripture we've already talked about in this series because it was so powerful. I don't, I think we can walk back through this again a little bit and it'll just even find a deeper uh, place in your heart and in your life. I just really last week while I was preaching and anybody who's here who's a Bible teacher or a preacher, you know this happens sometimes. You can feel really good about a passage you're going to talk about. But while you're talking about it, when you actually teach on it and preach on it, it gets even richer to you. And that happened to me last Sunday. And I just thought about this church at Philippi, this little church, this little seaside church in this little seaside town. And Paul went there and started a church. And they were new believers, and, and they really didn't know a lot about the Bible. But boy, their hearts had been transformed. Um, did you know that just because you know a whole lot about the Bible doesn't mean your heart's been transformed very much? Amen. Can I preach right here? Do you, do you know that just because you've been a Christian a long time doesn't make you a deep Christian? I know some people who've been Christians a long time, and they're still a little bit mean. Amen. Now, they all come to the second service, so y'all can say amen to that if you want to. I mean, you, you, you know, there are some people, and, and maybe you've never heard this before. This is Farrell Hardison, chapter 2, verse 7. So there are some people who they cross over the line into salvation, but they stand at the door. They stand at the door. They don't go on in. They don't go on in. They, they, they don't get into the Word. They don't get into a life group. They don't get into a Bible study. They don't, the only meal they eat is here on Sunday or at the other campus. And so even though they've been followers of Jesus a long time, they're about this deep. So, so you can be a Christian for a shorter period of time, but because of your commitment to spiritual growth, you are deeper in God in a shorter period of time than some who have been Christians a long time who are still shallow. Amen, amen? And so these Philippians, I don't know, man, they just had a conversion experience. I mean, they, their, their conversion was rich and it was deep and, 
And their life changed, their attitude changed. I don't think they knew a lot about the Bible. I don't think they could have answered a lot of deep Bible questions. But boy, they, they had a heart for Jesus because they had been changed by the Holy Spirit. Look what it says. Paul's talking to them. Philippians, how you like my pink letters? Because you know it's uh, breast ca- cancer awareness. Uh, isn't that cool? Let's give it up for Anthony. Good job, Anthony. Somebody said they're purple. They're pink. I'm telling you right now. Make me come down there. Philippians 4, 14 uh, through 18. Look what Paul says to this church. He says, hey, you Philippians, even so you have done well to share with me in my present difficulty. Verse 15. As you know, you Philippians were the only ones. I mean, these baby Christians, this tiny little church. You were the only ones who gave me financial help when I first brought you the good news, the gospel of the cross of Jesus and the resurrection of Jesus from the grave and how if you will trust that and believe in him, he will save you. I brought you the gospel. He said, and then I left you. He said, I left you and traveled on from Macedonia because that's where the Philippians were from, Macedonia. He said, so I left Macedonia. He said, and I just want to say it again. I want to reemphasize, no other church did this. You guys are really generous. No other church did this. Look at the next slide. Philippians, verse 16, chapter 4. Even when I was in Thessalonica ministering to another church, I wasn't even, I wasn't even helping you guys anymore. I'd left you. He said, I was actually helping another church And he said, you sent me help when I was there ministering to another church. Verse 17, he said, now guys, listen, I'm bragging on you here. He says, I'm bragging on you. As a matter of fact, we said last week, this is a thank you note from Paul. He said, I don't say, back it up guys, I wasn't done. I don't say this because I want a gift from you. Here's what Paul's saying right there. I'm not trying to manipulate you. He said, I'm telling you, you did awesome, but I'm not trying to manipulate you. I'm not telling you that so you'll give me more. I don't want something from you. He says, rather, I want you to receive a reward for your kindness. I don't want something from you. I want something for you. Go to the next slide now. At the moment, I have all I need and more. <clears throat> he says, I want you guys to know, and I got to tell you, I, I'm just going to be mean right here. Paul would never be a good TV preacher because I don't think I've ever heard a TV preacher say, at the moment I have all I need and more. <laughs> I'm not against all TV preachers, just most of them. All right, uh, verse 18. <laughs> at the moment I have all I need and more. Look what Paul says. I am generously supplied with the gifts you sent me with Epaphroditus. And I'll have to teach on him one day because I know he was warped because of his mom giving him that name. So i got to find out about poor old Epa. <clears throat> but he said Epaphroditus evidently was their, was their messenger and he brought the offering. He says, man... You guys have been so good to me. Look at, he begins with they. Now, when he says they, he's not talking about a person here. He's talking about their generous acts. He says, your generosity, the things you did for me, he said, I want you to know how God feels about it. 
He said, it smells good to God. It smells good to God. Can I ask y'all something? How many of y'all have ever done something you're pretty sure didn't smell good to God? Just kind of was like God's up there going, that stinks right there. Uh, Y'all look holy, but I'm going to raise my hand. I know I have. I wouldn't raise my hand, but Miss Millie's sitting right there. So It's a sweet smell. I think what we're going to do today in this hall, I think God is going to say, I I just, because some of you guys are really sacrificing today. Some of you guys are really stepping out of the comfort zone. And you're given a generous, generous gift. It's a sweet smell. A sweet smelling what? Sacrifice. So it's not, it's not just you gave something that didn't pinch. It's not that you gave at a level that you really didn't feel it. He said, I know that your giving, it was a sacrifice. You, you did without something in order to bless the ministry. He said, it smells good to God. He said, I want you to know it's acceptable to God. And I want you to know it's pleasing to God. And the people said, amen. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Because in 2 Corinthians, this is Paul trying to get the Corinthians to be a generous church. He's trying to get them to be a generous church. And he's teaching them about giving and being generous. He says to them, if you spare, if you spare, if you... um." Sow sparingly, you'll reap sparingly. In other words, if you sow a little bit, you're going to reap a little bit. If you sow a lot, you'll reap a lot. He's trying to get them to be generous in their giving. And he says, hey, let me just tell you about a church that's really generous. And so he starts talking about the Philippian church. So Paul, Paul is talking to the who here. He's talking to the Corinthians about the Philippians. He says, for I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, who the Corinthians were Christians, this was a church, He said, what God in his kindness has done through the churches where? In Macedonia. So that's the Philippians. Go to the next slide. He said, I want you to know that these Philippians are being tested by many troubles. He said, these guys are being persecuted. They're being being tested economically. They're being tested in every way. He said, I want you to know they're, they're, they're being tested with many troubles. He said, and I want you to know something else. They are very, very poor. He said, but they are also, even though they're tested with many troubles, even though they're very poor, they at the same, very, at the, at the same time they're going through all this trouble and, and they're poor. He said, they're not whining and complaining about it. They're filled with abundant Joy, and he says, I want you to know that that joy has overflowed into action, rich generosity. I mean, Paul, he can't get over this Philippian church. He just can't get over over their generosity. He said, man, they're poor, they're, they're persecuted, they're being tested on every hand. He said, but they're joyful. He said, and their joy is not just inside, but it's spilled over to the outside so that their actions, not just money, but serving, serving, they're being very generous. Verse 3, he said, because they've been good to me. He said, I can testify that they gave not only what they could afford, but they gave far more than what they could afford. In other words, it was a sacrifice. 
And they did it because we put a lot of pressure on them. No. They did it how? Of their own free will. Their own free will. Go to the last slide there. He said, so I told them, you know, you guys are poor. You're going through a lot of trouble. You got a lot of issues. Man, don't worry about giving. Don't worry about it. He said, they begged us. When we told them they didn't have to give, they begged us again and again for the what? Privilege. Walking up here, putting something in here. It's a privilege. Now, if you don't view it that way, we'll still take it. But I want you to say, thank God I have a job. Thank God I have this. Thank God I have it. It is a privilege to walk up here this morning and go, you know what, God? Hey, listen, you know what, God? It's on Pastor Farrell now. It's on the staff now. I mean, they might do the wrong thing with it. I don't think they will. It's on the elders now. It's on the financial board now. God, I'm obeying you. I'm doing your will. It is on them, Lord. And I promise you, and you guys have watched. You've seen us. You've seen what we've done. You've seen what people have done in this church, the work they've done and the, and the outreach they've done. Verse 5, well, he goes on. They begged us again and again for the privilege of sharing in the gift for the believers, not in Philippi, but outside of Philippi in Jerusalem. They even did more than we had hoped. Paul said, I had this figure in mind. They did more. He said, for their first action, the reason they're so generous in their giving is because the first thing they gave was themselves to the Lord. When you give yourself to the Lord, a byproduct of that is you become a more generous person. He said, and they gave to us, they gave themselves to us. In other words, Paul says they gave themselves to the ministry. Paul said they listened to the vision God put in my heart and they gave themselves to that. Just as God wanted them to do. Now let me make one more point and then I want to share some quick information with you. When you give to the church, and there are a lot of good organizations you can give to. How many of y'all believe the Red Cross is a good organization to give to? Amen. There's a lot of good organizations to give to, but I want to remind you of something. And I'm not telling you not to give to the Red Cross. We partner with the Red Cross. We have connected with them and blessed them financially, and they've connected and been a blessing to us. There are many good organizations that you can give your money to. But when you give your money to a Bible church, a Jesus church, it's for eternity. It's for eternity. There's only one thing you can take to heaven with you. People. There's nothing else you can take to heaven with you, but you can take people. You can take people with you. I want you to look what Jesus said in Matthew 6, 20. Store your treasures where? In heaven, where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. And what he's saying there is when you give to a ministry that is reaching people for Jesus, then you're going to leave the temporary things of this world behind. But when you give to a church or a ministry that's about reaching people for Jesus, then you are storing your gifts in heaven for eternity. You know what I believe? And I, I'm not saying this is right, but I like thinking this way. I think when you get to heaven, there's going to be people who walk up to you and go, you know what, you don't know me. 
but you gave. And because you gave, they got the gospel to me. And I'm in heaven because of your generosity. Let's talk about generosity. And I've got to go through this very quickly. I want to talk a little bit about missions. I want to talk about bridge missions and outreach. Our missions and outreach is in three areas. Community, that's like right here in our local community. American missions, where we give to organizations. And we also have teams who go out and do mission work outside of this community in other places in America. And then we have, of course, foreign missions. And I want to just read some stuff that they did. Our missions budget is $137,000. Now, that sounds like a lot, but I want, to, I want to just help you understand that when we, and I asked Pastor uh, Jimmy Gilligan, Jim Gilligan, our, um, he's Jimmy to me, Jim Gilligan, our um, uh, executive pastor, to add up the money that we spend from this church for other ministries outside this church. Y'all with me? To help people outside this church, money that we don't spend to bless this church directly. Are y'all with me? You know how much that you know how much that figure is? Just shy of a quarter million dollars, two hundred and fifty thousand dollars, just shy of that. That's what you guys do every year to bless people outside this country, outside this church. <clears throat> We have 21 foreign missionaries we support directly in the field. We have six foreign mission organizations we support financially and with volunteers. We have 10 American uh, mission organizations. Where's my mission board? I know my mission director's here. Mission board, those of you who are here, they're probably out there serving uh, somewhere. Just stand up and let us see you. Let's give it up for our missions board. We love you guys. I'll meet with y'all anytime you want me to, but you know what? I don't meet with them very often because they got my heart. They got the heart for the church. They got the heart for the church. They don't need me to come in and go, guys, please, man, please, if y'all could help. Man, they're, they're coming to me Go, hey, we're going to help this guy. I go, all right, all right. You know, check them out. You know, make sure they're doing the right thing. They're, oh, yeah. Ten American mission organizations financially, we support them and with volunteers. Thousands of dollars to help victims of catastrophic weather. You guys don't even know the checks we write because we don't get up here and announce it. And when there's catastrophe in this country, we write checks and we bless those people here and around the world. We give $10,000 every year to a global outreach offering in the IPHC. We support church plants around the country. We believe in church planting, and we support church plants around the country and in our own community. The Haitian earthquake relief, y'all remember all that? We gave money to that, Ecuador disaster relief, a ministry called Heritage Ministries. Um, y'all get this, we even gave money to the Methodist. Can y'all believe that? How many of y'all know Methodist Children's Home is an awesome ministry? And we give to them. Amen. Amen. Um, and then they're going to pop a picture up there. Uh, Belize is a, is a huge emphasis here because we are not a church with two locations and then next Sunday three locations. But when you add Belize in there, uh, we are a church with four locations. Amen. So if y'all were ever uh, in Belize on one of those exotic vacations I know you all go on, uh, we have a church in Halakte, and there's not a road to it. You'll need to make your own road. But 
no electricity, thatch roofs. Now there's a road. It's just bumpy road. Uh, man, just thank God for what's going on. Uh, those of you who have been to Belize, will you stand and let us see you? Our Belize folks who have been there and served, just stand up. Give them a big old hand right there. Amen. Thank you, Carol. <laughs> there have been a bunch more people. They're probably, listen, let me tell you. We ask people to stand up for on mission teams. They're in the parking lot. They're in children's ministry. Let me tell you, people who have the heart of these people, they're like, I, I just want to go serve somewhere. I just want to be a blessing somewhere. And we have to really rein them in and go, you know, you need to be in church. You need to be in church. You need to, be, you need to worship. You need to get the word. You need to have your worship time too. So I have to, I have to crack the whip on them, keep them in church because they just love serving. We upfitted a uh, church there in Halakte, purchased a building, upfitted a uh, church. Uh, I loved when I was there, uh, we, gave them a, um, we gave them a generator. And the first thing they plugged into that generator was a sound system, baby. <laughs> Next thing we knew, we're in the street, we're working, we're painting the church. All of a sudden, they're jamming in the house of God. They were like, the first thing we're going to do is hook up our guitars and hook up our instruments and rock out for Jesus. I said, yep, they're bridge people, definitely. Put in a water purification system, conducted, conducted a bunch of vacation Bible schools, launched the development, this is awesome right here, launched the development of a campground property that is still in development, and we still need money for it, uh, um, and, and the training uh, of adult ministries. A lot of churches are going to come to this property, and they're going to be trained and then sent back out. They're also going to use it for youth uh, to minister to the youth of Belize. Um, it's just going to have a powerful, powerful impact on that country. And so uh, Jerry Allen, man, I'm telling you, I love, I love Jerry, and he doesn't love for us to uh, get up here and talk about him a lot. He wants us to talk about Belize. But if it wasn't for his leadership, that wouldn't be happening. And so we thank God for Jerry, and we thank God for his amazing generosity in this particular area and our church as a whole. Our largest American missions project is led by Bobby and Kelly Carter. Bobby and Kelly, will you guys stand up and wave at everybody? Yeah, stand up. Eastern Kentucky. Eastern Kentucky is a beautiful part of the country, but it's a very impoverished part of the country because the coal mines have shut down, and man, there is just extreme poverty there. We have, over the years, had about 150 volunteers who have served on various teams since 2009. Uh, we filled 1,100 book bags for children at four different schools, built an addition onto an elderly man's home that previously was a one-room shack. I got to meet that guy and go there. We brought him pizza and uh, just uh, blessed him with a $3,000 upgrade to his home. And uh, he lived in a one-room shack. Man, it was unbelievable. I'm telling you, it, it was so similar to Belize. It, it was just amazing uh, right here in our own country, this kind of poverty. There's a club in um, Lynch, uh, Kentucky called Club 180. It's a place for kids to go and get off the streets and hear about Jesus. And they needed some upfitting. And we uh, invested $3,000 and a lot of sweat equity in uh, making that place a lot better. We uh, purchased 
and replaced, purchased all the material and replaced a roof on a church. That was a $3,000 investment, a ton of sweat equity on that. Did a makeover for a 20-man bunkhouse so that when youth come from our church and from other churches, they will have a place to stay because that is a mission field there. So other churches come as well. And so we were able to play a big role in, in getting them a place to stay when they come. And, and when you do a trip like that, you put all the teenagers there because they don't care, and then all the old people get a nice bed. All right. Uh, provided uh, thousands of meals for local children um, uh, this year, or a thousand meals. Built a bathroom and uh, ran water lines, listen to this, to a little boy named Gavin who didn't have that. I'm telling you, are, are y'all listening? A bathroom and water to a little boy named Gavin who has a childhood disease and his own oxygen and did not have those facilities and water. Your money went to do that. We built a bathroom addition and dropped the floor in so a guy named James could have a decent living space. And James uh, touched the heart of our team because he's a selfless person who lives way up in the mountains and is always trying to help other people while neglecting his own needs. So we were able to go in there and bless him and and uh, be good to him. Provided a new roof for a man named Silas and his wife. Listen to this. And they're not believers yet. But when you keep on demonstrating the love of Jesus, you'll get a chance to lead them to Jesus. And the bridge said, provided $500. Amen. Provided $500 to assist with the expenses of moving a donated mobile home. And this mobile home, and that might not sound like much. There's a lot of sweat equity a lot of money, and, uh, and, and it took uh, churches working together and teams working together, ministries working together. But we got this mobile home so a family could live together because they had been divided. They were living in such terrible conditions. They had been divided, and uh, by doing this mobile homework, they were able to live together. And uh, I just think that's what Jesus is all about. Did I say that right? Did I tell that right? Um, Delivered a trailer full of toys to give away at Christmas time to families who are devastated by the economy in this area. Uh, for three years, our teams have provided day camps for teaching the gospel to approximately 70 children while providing them with food, uh, providing them with meals. So let's give it up for Kentucky. That's just, guys, that's just a small taste. Because I got to tell you, I was there for a short period of time and I could have added 10 more things that she didn't even put on here. Thank you, Kelly. You guys are so awesome. How many of you have served at the soup kitchen in Goldsboro? Have you served there? All right. Got our soup kitchen people here. And if you have never served, I got to tell you, man, um, you get your family involved in that, change your life. Soup kitchen here in Goldsboro, the bridge provides meals on a monthly basis. Um, hot dogs every second Sunday. That's our deal. And and they come and we um, demonstrate Jesus to them. Presents at Christmas for desperately needy families, as well as special gifts on Mother's Day and Easter and Fa Father's Day, excuse me. The bridge has created, I'm sorry, the bridge has recruited, assisted, trained, and partnered with other churches in the community to serve on the soup kitchen. So there were churches that weren't involved. And Pastor Jimmy, how many of you don't know that Pastor Jimmy's the man? Did y'all know his website is theman.com? 
So Pastor Jimmy, man, he brought other churches in. Because listen, listen, it isn't about us doing everything so everybody will go, oh, the bridge is great. We want to, we want to hook up with everybody in the community. I had a pastor not long ago said, man, I believe if I could do some visitation in the community, I believe my church would grow. I said, dude, let me tell you what the bridge will do for you. I said, we will put your church t-shirts on. He said, we don't have any. I said, we'll buy them. We'll make you some t-shirts for your church. We will put your t-shirt on, and we'll get a team out there one Saturday and knock on doors for you. Amen? Because it isn't about the bridge. It's about the community. It's about the kingdom of God. And so we have brought other churches in who, who didn't really know how to hook up with the soup kitchen. And Pastor Jimmy's connected them. We've mentored churches and we've taught them how to do it. Sometimes they'd go along with us and see how we do it. And they'd work with us. And, uh, and then they'd go, I think we're ready. And we'd turn them loose. And then they'd go uh, do it by themselves. And I just think that's wonderful. And I think that's what the bridge is all about. Now, guys... This doesn't even talk about all we've invested in children here at the church. We didn't want to include that because that's for here. That's on our campus. That blesses us. <laughs> so so um, I didn't want to include that, but I do want to remind you of the money we spend for teen ministry, student ministry, children's ministry, tens of thousands of dollars because we value children and we value family. And I know you get tired probably of me getting up here sometimes talking about how we need volunteers. Well, we need volunteers because we're growing. We got people who drop their kids off and go back home, and, and we have to take care of them. And some of them are some of them are wilder than our own kids here at the bridge. And so we need y'all to help us minister to these children. But we've seen these children get saved here and go back and tell their mom and dad. And then we'll have an awards night, and we look out there, and there, there, there's their mom and dad. And then we've seen them come into the church through our children's ministry. So much I could talk about the expansions we've done. You can walk over there. We're adding administrative offices right now. We expanded the children's ministry at Goldsboro. We're about to launch a new campus in Mount Olive. You guys are amazing. You're the ones who've made it possible. Your giving has made it possible. Giving life by giving Christ. And everybody said, amen. amen. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. They just flashed me the yellow sign. Hush. Um, so I'm going to ask the worship team, if they will, guys, come on, worship team, and um, get in place. And then we're going to pray. I think Pastor Andy came out here and told you guys uh, how to give. We've got a lot of different stations up here. You've been praying. You've been praying about this. You've been praying for your, with your family. You've got your offering ready. Baby, you got our offering? You got it? So Miss Millie's going to come up here right now. Come on up here, darling. Come on up. She look good, don't she? No, I won't make you come all the way up here. So this is uh, me and Miss Millie together putting our offering in there. And uh, awesome. And, um, and so we want you to know we're giving. Our elders are giving. Our board is giving. Our ministry directors are giving. Our staff is giving. We're not asking you to do anything. We're not going to be an example in. So a lot of them have already given their gift. I see offerings already up here. And so you prayed over it. You prayed with your family. You know what you're going to do. If God spoke to you to give more, do it. <laughs> and uh, just obey God and and let's worship him. Let's worship him. Let's all stand. Let's all stand together.
You doing it by yourself? <laughs> All right. Here they come. I think I caught them by surprise. <laughs> They're like, when's he going to stop? And then he just stopped abruptly. Can I tell you that they never know what I'm going to do, and the people back there never know what I'm going to do. And they're like, whatever he's going to do, help us Jesus to know. And so let's just pray, and, um, and then we'll worship. And you just come as you feel led. We've got plenty of stations up here, so I don't think we need a certain way for you to walk up here. Just during your worship, um, you don't have to come immediately. If you want to stand there and worship for a little while and then come, um, you just follow God. I just want this to be a worshipful worshipful time. Father, we love you, and we thank you for your love for us. You're so awesome. When I look back on June 15th, 1990, and I walked out in that little brick church on Highway 70 that seated about 200 people, and I stood in the pulpit, and there were 63 people in the audience, I just had a fire in my heart and a vision in my heart that you were going to do miraculous things. And God, you have. And the thing that excites me is that you're not done. You're not done. As a matter of fact, God, I feel like we're just establishing a good foundation for influence in our community and and nationally and internationally. And God, in places we never dreamed the bridge would have influence. We're going to touch people that we never dreamed. A little brick church with 63 people in it would grow to a point, not just in number, but in our generosity like those Philippians that we would grow in our knowledge, grow in our intimacy with you, grow in our love for you. I love where Paul said they, they had abundant joy, that we would grow in our joy <coughs> and that our joy would overflow into rich generosity. Bless the people this morning as they give. Let us remember your blessings as we give in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen.